Welcome to Freedom From Within, a show where we discuss how to build a strong foundation for life that is important to you, your family, and your community, where we teach foundational life principles to those serving time in our prisons. Because of the successes of our program inside, we are now bringing the same program outside on this show, the show that we call Freedom From Within. Hello everyone, my name is Cliff. And I'm Sue. And we are the directors of Freedom From Within. We are. And we are super happy to have you here. Yes, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, we're like in double digit episodes now. We are. Wow. Crazy. Number 10. Oh. Oh, number 11. Yeah, time goes by. (laughs) Well, we were in double digits last week. Yes, yes. Well, Sue, um, I hope you had a great week. I had a good week. Did you? All right. Well, we just finished up Individual Dignity. Yes, we did. It was good. And we're building a foundation, right? So we started off with what? Started off with... Inner strength. Inner strength. <laughs> Don't you know what our foundation is? <laughs> I do. All right, our inner strength. We need to know what our truth is. Yes. Okay. And based off of our truth, we can then build stuff on top of it. And then our individual dignity, understanding that we all have a negative bias... And that a positive attitude or learned optimism is important in everybody's life. It is. And then now we're going into abundant living. Abundant living is fun. What is abundant living to you? Abundant living is really just living a full life. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to have a lot of money or no money, but it's really what are you doing with your life? You know, are you just living and getting by day to day doing the same thing? Or are you just really seeking out to do what God has you here for. Right. So several years ago, mm-hmm. um, we went on a cross-country bike trip. Yep. That was super awesome. Right. I learned how to let go. You did. <laughs> and I learned how to pedal and not fall down. <laughs> right. And then and then um, what happened was is we opened up our home to other people that were uh, doing cross-country bike trips. Yes, it was called Warm Showers. Super cool thing. And we get this, uh, our very first um, notification mm-hmm. that this couple who just got married yep. decides that they're going to go on a year-long trip around the country. On their honeymoon. On their honeymoon. Like, wow, that's awesome. And that's super cool. You know what's amazing? What? They're sitting right here with us right they now. They are. Right. That's super cool. Nine years later. So what we'd like to do is introduce Joe and Emily Olgin. Joe and Emily, say hello to the world. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so this is your first podcast from what I understand. Yeah, this yeah. is all new to us. All right. So not to intimidate anybody, but you know, there's just under 8 billion people in the world and that's what this has a potential of. Right. 8 billion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now okay. we're... Really, we're excited that you're here and that you're willing to take the time out. You've done how many miles today? 60? 54. Yeah, 54. 54. It was a shorter day. Okay. <laughs> so you're from Buffalo, New York. Yes. Yep. We are now outside of Chicago. So you've been traveling for how many days? Um, 10, well, 11. We left on the second. Today's the 12th, so 10. Okay. Okay. So Good. just to be clear, they pedaled. 
on their bicycles. With all a that, whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. With a whole bunch yeah. of stuff. <laughs> kind of heavy bicycles. Yeah. <laughs> and you're doing it again. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when we met you, it was in March of 2000, what? what 12. 12, 2012, yep. Okay. And so then they, they call us up and they say, hey, uh, Cliff and Sue, we're doing it again. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And can we stop by and, and you know, uh, see you guys and get a warm shower? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. And some laundry done. And- yeah, yeah, laundry's the best. <laughs> Dinner oh, was lovely. <laughs> so I'm sure there's a lot of people wondering how you can stay on a bicycle for that long. Newly married. Why do you do it? I mean, just go ahead and feel free to just tell us from a from a point of view of like why do you do what you do it's a good question um <laughs> well we're now we're not newly married when we when the, we did the alaska trip we were newly married staying on a bicycle it's for the adventure really is you should see us we get to a destination like for example on this trip we have chicago and then we were go, we're now going to go to st louis and then to fargo um we only spent really five, four to six hours looking at the sites that they're in. Even with COVID, I think we probably like a, a good tourist type person might be able to spend two days there, even with a lot of stuff being shut down. And we, we were, we looked at everything we wanted to see, took our pictures, went to the top of a skyscraper and then, uh, moved on. So it's about, it's about, the adventure of moving to the next target, I guess, for the trip. I think for me, um, I obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but I didn't start out as a cyclist. I met Joe, um, started on one wheel on a unicycle in college, and it evolved into two wheels, and then we took our first trip. And at first, I didn't really understand what we were getting ourselves into, but then as we started traveling um, to his uncle's house in Maine for our first trip in 2009... And we got there. I think just the feeling of like, I got here all by my own power was just, I don't know. I had never felt like that before. So I was kind of hooked after that point. And um, we had done a couple other trips. And at some point, somebody said to us something about how we had to go to Alaska. And so that became the new thing. And now we're on our way to our 49th state. Wow. So it's exciting. So you've been married now for how long? Um, it'll be nine years in over just over a month yeah in august nine years. in okay. august yeah cool. all right and we probably had some known you maybe almost 24 hours like in face-to-face time mm-hmm. right yes. mm-hmm. yep. so i'm going to ask you a question when it comes to abundant living how do you how do you do your busy schedule by the way these two are teachers they're educators yes. um since we've uh saw them last they've got some additional degrees they've they've bought a home they did all this other stuff and they're and they've done bicycle trips in between marathons yes and now they're doing and it he's again. done marathons <laughs> I, ran, I ran three marathons since <laughs> so what you just don't have enough to do or what so talk talk to me about every, a bunch every thing i think it's a goal for me it was just goal driven um right so actually on the alaska trip we were coming back, so the Alaska trip wasn't just Alaska. We went pretty much to the perimeter of the U.S. and a bunch of states in between. 
Oh, a lot of states. We pre- I think we did over 30 states in that well, one trip. All the west of the yeah, Mississippi except went, for North Dakota. Yes, everything except Mississippi. can't ride to Hawaii. So. <laughs> nonetheless, we were in Louisiana and Baton Rouge, and we saw the finish of the Louisiana Marathon. I was like, I could do that. And then I went home, and with, with whatever, the 18 weeks training schedule, I did my first marathon actually in Virginia Beach with some friends and, and I did two other ones on top of that. So I guess it's mostly like see something and go try it. Right. Make the goal well, and follow yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so why do we do what we do? I think, um, I mean, you only live once. So I think making sure you have accomplished enough and had enough experiences that when you're old and you're, you know, in your final days, you look back and you don't have reg- as many regrets. I feel like a lot of people I've talked to have said, oh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. I think for me, I just want to make sure I do as much as possible so that I can look back and say, wow, I did this and I remember this and this was amazing. So I think it's more just a sense of self-fulfillment and keeping busy and I don't know, it makes you feel good. makes you happy. So... <laughs> Well, it must really make you happy because you always smile. <laughs> you love life. Yes. That's really hard, really hard to pick one favorite story from all of our tours. Oh, there's so many. I think most of them involve just people that we've met and just, you know, people opening their homes to us like you guys did. And, you know, the little, little tiny things that happen, the acts of kindness and the the things that people do, um, just inquiring about your trip and just overall kindness of humanity, which sometimes we overlook because of all the things we see in the media and the news and you forget how good people really are. And I, I don't really have a favorite story, but just the whole experiences. And I think it was also Arkansas, a Southern state. There's a lot of hospitality in the Southern states. Um, we stayed we were staying at churches a lot, especially in the, the South. Uh, in the Midwest, the first time we stayed in a lot of parks, camp right in the park. We're just camping in the park, go eat breakfast at their grocery store, and then head out. But in, in the South, churches are abundant, very abundant. Everyone has a church. Sometimes they have a church, not a house, but nonetheless, lots of churches. And we show up in this one town and I like they had this archway in front of their church. It was a giant, I think it was Catholic church, giant Catholic church. Uh, and I wanted to camp in their arches ways. I was like, oh, we'll camp there. And there's cars in the lot. So I'm like, all right, we'll go in and ask about camping in their archways right on the, like on the road, you know, like they, the, the cars would see us. But it would be, it was going to be cool, perfect picture. And it would be good if it was we, raining too, because we'd be under an overhang. And <laughs> we we walked to the <laughs> church, and one of the people that were working there, she says, "Okay, I'll go I'll go talk to the priest and see what he says." And she comes back and gets us, brings us to the priest, and he goes, "Joseph and Mary have arrived. The inn is open." <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, the inn's open. I'm glad." <laughs> And uh, he goes, all right, so we're going to get you guys some accommodations. You guys just go, you hang out here. You hang out here and um, uh, you can look around and do whatever you want. And we walk around this church and their youth center was so awesome. They're like video games, TV. (laughs) We've been like out in the middle of nowhere 
for days and days and days. And he has us go like I was playing video games up with like the kids' video games that they had up in the youth <laughs> center. And he comes up and he goes, "All right, we're gonna bring you to a hotel." I was like, "Wait, what's wrong with this place?" You know? And he uh, brings us to a he he didn't bring us. He said, "Go to the hotel. Like, there's one hotel in town. It's on the way out." Because when you're there, um, I'm gonna come at seven o'clock and I'm gonna buy you dinner. I was like, "All right, well, I guess we'll go to the hotel." We went to the hotel. He comes. He paid for the hotel, or their congregation paid for the hotel, and then they, then the the priest bought, sat with us and had dinner with us, bought us dinner, and it, it was pretty much one of the yeah. coolest stories. There, there's like three more similar ones, but the Joseph and Mary have arrived at the end. <laughs> and your name, yeah. yeah, your name is Joseph, <laughs> which is kind of cool. I'm like, so, no, I'm Emily, but it works. <laughs> it, it really uh, shines a light on the hospitality of the South and people of faith. I don't know why it's back in the South. Back in the South, we were riding and um, there was an ice storm. Mm. And uh, it was awful. Our bikes were completely covered in ice. Our, uh, our, um, Cassettes. Thank you. Chain rings. Our chain rings, our cassettes were so covered in ice that the chain wasn't even like it wouldn't spin. It was just kind of going around and it wasn't attaching to the to the um to the cassette at all. So we were barely moving. So at one point we I think we were walking because our bikes were just unusable at that point. So we're walking and this lady drove by and um It was she, raining. It was ice. raining ice. She turned around um, parked up ahead a little bit and she got out. She's like, are you guys okay? You know, do you need some help? And we're like, we're okay. Our bikes are just like frozen. Um, so she's like, if you can get, you know, two or three more miles down the road, you can stop at my house, let everything defrost and, you know, we'll make you some food and et cetera, et cetera. We ended up staying the night and we went out to dinner with all of her friends and family. And it was just a wonderful experience to say the least, because she kind of saved us on the side of the road. So it was a nice so part of abundant living that we'll be talking about in future episodes is self-discipline. So I'm thinking about what it takes for you to be able to juggle buying a home, um, going to school, getting an education or increasing your education and going on a six week bike trip. I'm thinking there's some discipline involved in that. Do you have a routine to keep yourself in the game and uh, I think I, you just have to prioritize and you will have to, we make sacrifices all the time as to, well, we might want to go do this because it's fun, but at the same time, if we want to accomplish our goal, we have to do this first. So I think it's kind of more um, looking at our tasks and prioritizing what needs to be done first and then making time for our family if we can, as much as we can. And um, Did you have to prepare? The, uh, for the trip? Yeah. Um, we've done this so much that it, preparing wasn't some really something we, we had yeah. to do because we already have almost all of the uh, equipment the yeah. equipment we there was a couple things we ordered like a lighter sleeping bag because it's so hot um, but other than that we pretty much had everything already we already packed the bikes probably thousands of times at this point so that's second nature and we had our general route and um, yeah. we kind of do each trip um, like fly by the seat of your pants and just go with yeah. it um, so there's not a ton of planning um, we have a general timeline of how long it's going to take and about how long um, e it takes to get to each, each destination. So 
Yeah, we just take it day yeah. by day, and it has it worked for us for all the other forty eight states. So we just keep going that way, and it's just kind of a carefree way to travel and leaves t- more time for impromptu things. So there's not necessarily a lot of planning with the trip. Now there was planning um, for departure. Um, we lined up someone to stay in our house to take care of our cat and our garden and all of that. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit more planning. Can anybody just do what you're doing? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Anyone can. If they have the, if they prepare themselves with the right equipment, um, if they've ridden bike at least a little bit, um, we didn't really train or anything before this because biking is a part of our lives as already. Um, even with COVID, we hadn't really trained a lot, but yeah. by the time week one is done, you're in shape and you're ready to go. So you can kind of just hop on and just keep pushing through. And even if you have to take a little bit at a time in the beginning till you get stronger. Right. Um, yeah. I think if you're going to come from not riding at all, you would do like, we're doing like 65, 75 miles within the first three days. We will be up to, at that. You would take it slow and you do 35 miles, mm-hmm. 40 miles a day until you're feeling better because you yeah. don't want to get hurt. It's just all about making small goals and recognizing that you accomplished this, which means you can accomplish it the next day and the next day after that. And eventually you get to your first destination, which for us was our big one was Chicago. It was really like, yay, first destination. And then it's just... I don't know. It's just more of a mental game almost than a physical game. What I heard you say is that you take things small. You're not looking at a, you're not mm-hmm. looking at North Dakota right now. No. Right. Right. We know that's the end. Well, the middle goal. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a return. <laughs> There's a return of, trip yeah. too. But <laughs> Okay. So doing small things and a bunch of small things equal something bigger. Right. Right. right? Yep. I know when Sue and I were riding, What's very deflating is wind. You can't yeah. see it. And so you have a 20 mile an hour wind behind you and you're like, yay. <laughs> and then you have a 20 mile an hour wind in front of you and you're like, when is this going to end? Absolutely. Right. It can make or break your day and it really defeats you mentally if it's against you for a long time and really strong. Yeah, wind can be quite relentless, especially in the Midwest. We, on our long tour, we... The one day we went, I don't know, like 110 miles because we had like a 20 mile an hour headwind. We were feeling great. And then another day in the Midwest, we did 15 miles and it took us four hours. And we were like, okay, this is horrible. We're done for the day. It (laughs) it was the second day of the wind. Like, so midday, the wind had shifted. So we ended up with only like 50 or 60 miles for the day. And the last 20 were taking a long, long time. The next day we're like, all right, the wind will probably be gone. We got going. And right away, it was just headlong into the wind, and it took us hours. And finally, we just we I think we hitchhiked ten miles into town, and that was it. Yeah. So technically, we went twenty five miles, and we only rode fifteen. Yeah, hitchhiking is <laughs> not something we do often, but <laughs> yeah. when there's no escaping the wind, you can't even stop to take a rest because yeah. the wind is still blowing, yeah, and you still have was, to hold your bicycle yeah. up, and it just it was not the funnest part of the trip but we made it (laughs) what keeps you going i mean you know if you had day after day after day of that type of wind i mean how how do you keep your head in the game luckily we didn't i i don't know well the wind changed at one point and that gave us good spirits but i think it's not necessarily 
about the pedaling and how horrible that is. It's about all the other things that you know are going to happen that are really great that happen while you're touring, like meeting people or like you're riding and you see something cool that you wouldn't have seen. Like it's all that little stuff that like, well, if I just keep going, I know something's great's going to happen. It's going to turn my day around. Um, so that's it. It's not necessarily about like, oh, this is horrible and I can't keep going. Um, you just think about the good things that have happened and how you've been blessed on the tour and you, you, that's your focus and it keeps you going. So good. So we just got done talking about learned optimism last episode, and that's Mm -hmm. really what you're talking about. If you're going to be focusing only on the wind, which you can't see, you're probably not going to be pushing through as much as if you're thinking about, Hey, you know, that, uh, that warm shower, that, right. that being able to get to this next you know spot, I'll be able to you know do whatever I need to do, um, is is much different than just focusing on how difficult right. that particular step is. I remember going up the mountains and there was I don't know like a thousand false summits, yeah, right? And right. I, like, yeah. oh, I think I'm done. No, I'm not. Oh, You're I think not. I'm done. <laughs> right? But going down, you know, it was a 25 mile uh, downhill. And that was just amazing. You know, it was like 45 mile an hour, you know, and it was just, it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was worth it. But, and I didn't know that was coming, but I knew that, you know, my only choice was to keep on pushing through, right. pushing through. And you always feel better too, when you've accomplished it and you're like, wow, that was really hard, but I did it. I didn't give up. And it kind of gives you a feeling of self self-worth almost too. And also thinking like there's times like, wow, this is horrible. I'm like, but other people have had a lot harder situations and didn't overcome a lot harder things than this. So like that puts it into perspective too. Mm-hmm. Is there any, anything you'd like to share as it pertains to just your lifestyle and why you do what you do and you know, maybe some encouragement for somebody? There's lots of possibilities. Endless. Endless possibilities. There you go. Um, and you just got to get up and get going. and Pick a goal and just go with it, you know, because... Mm-hmm. I think it holds a lot of a lot of people who don't know where they want to go and you don't really need to know where you want to go. You just pick a goal, point to it and start going. And then on the way you're, you might not even get there. You might just say, Oh, you know what? I found a different one, you know? And, and it might, the goal, like instead of just sitting around and doing nothing, walking towards something, you will find other things, other doors open. Good. How am I going to follow that up? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think just kind of have a vision for the way you want your life to be because life is what we create it to be. So if you, you know, picture your life in 10 years, picture your life in 20 or 30, Mm -hmm. what do you want your life to look like? And then kind of analyze what kind of little choices you need to make in order to get there. Um, And just know every tiny little choice you make impacts your life even if it's like drinking a soda every day or choosing to go on a walk for five miles every day, each little thing kind of compounds into greater things. So setting small accomplishable goals and then making sure those goals are aiming towards what you want for your life uh, is kind of what we try to do. <laughs> try to do? Are you? It sounds like you're accomplishing it. So I think you, you passed the Baby try. steps to make yeah. a bigger goal possible. Yes. <laughs> Good. Anything, Sue? Well, I've heard a couple different things from what you guys said, and some are make goals, mm-hmm. but it also be flexible because mm-hmm. things happen. Right. Yep. So that's something that we've talked about. 
in the past also is, you know, goals are good, but we do have to make sure that, uh, that we're willing to, you know, be flexible and turn the other direction if things aren't going the right way. So that's great. Right. Well, Joe and Emily, thank you so much for being our guests on our podcast. It was a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, and maybe, um, maybe we can uh, kind of do a follow-up uh, during your trip. Yeah, absolutely. You we know, have the ability to catch you while you're on your cell phone. And, yep. And, wow. You guys are amazing with your technology. <laughs> so let, let's, uh, let's see if we can Great. figure that one out. Yep. So, so thank you very much for, for being on, on the show here. Yeah, thanks for having us. So until next time, you have an opportunity if you have any questions. Maybe you have questions about uh, cycling or about our, with our guests here, Emily and Joe. Um, you can email us at info at freedomfromwithin.org. That's info at freedomfromwithin.org. You can also leave us a voice message by going to freedomfromwithin.org. Click on podcast, and there's a little button in there that says leave a message. And you can leave a message that uh, if you'd like, you could be, um, uh, we can respond to you. And, and maybe it's something that you want to be part of our next show. And we can use for that. So that's kind of a cool thing. So until next time, uh, we ask you to... Live Live it it, to give give it it. and share your life with others. Take care, everyone. Bye.